Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening today. I'm here with Steve Pruitt, who is actually giving our message while Aaron's out of town on Galatians 3, 6 through 14. But Aaron is here. on the podcast. <gasps> he's here, but he's not here. <laughs> Steve, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks. It's great to be here. Steve, you want to offer us a recap of your message? Yeah, um, this week we're looking at Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 to 14. Paul's talking about two different paths that people can walk. One of them is sort of the one that you intuitively want to follow, and the other one is one that is maybe counterintuitive. Mm. One is the path to blessing which is the blessing of Abraham, which is justification, which Aaron has talked about. And uh, that was what God was was promising him, that one day a Redeemer would come. And through that Redeemer and faith in that Redeemer, the whole world would be blessed. And so Paul is saying, this is the path to blessing. But the other one is the path to the curse. And he talks about those who rely on the law are under the curse that the law brings because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The law was never meant to bring blessing. Uh, It was in a sense, societal blessing and all of that. But as far as your own relationship with God, it was mostly meant to wake you up and show you that you had a need. It was like the schoolmaster in ancient times that would take the child to his lessons. And the law was used like that, Paul says, as a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. It brings us to our knees where we realize that we fall short. People think intuitively that if I obey the law, because God gave the law and it is good, um, if I obey that law, it will it will either mm-hmm. give me a relationship with God or it'll enhance or maintain or improve my relationship to God. And Paul is saying, no, that's actually mm-hmm. the path that leads somewhere else. And it's a path of cursed. I'm hoping that I can clearly present the path to blessing, which is the path of resting in not your own works, but someone else's works, not your own righteousness, but someone else's. And from that point, when you're able to do that, you actually begin to grow. What do you think would be a good direction for GC leaders to take their discussions in this week? I think... Finding ways to open the dialogue about how we how we look at our walk with God. Are we doing it because it's self-focused? Are we doing it because it's merit-focused and all of that? All those things are the same kind of things, the principle in principle, as Paul's calling out the Galatians for, like you're trying to be justified by the law. You've begun in the spirit and now you're going to try to Who's do this. Who's bewitched you? <clears throat> yes. So uh, I think that that would be one thing is just to talk about how do we do, what are some things that we do because we feel like if we didn't do them, God would Mm. not be quite as willing to answer our prayers Mm. or he would maybe, you know, I'd feel like I needed to do something to get back in his good graces. Mm. Are there those things and how valid are those things? What types of laws do you see people today, maybe in the GC you lead, uh, you know, you don't give names, um, but what what traps do you find people cling on to most? Maybe it's not even they that they are 
looking to God's laws like the Ten Commandments, but they have their own moral laws um, that they think if they're keeping those, they're actually gaining acceptance with society and with their maker. I think the whole woke movement, they have their own moral code, which so many times is completely the opposite of God's moral code. But because they're following it, they think that they are a little more righteous than other people who aren't. I think in Christian circles, uh, probably one would be, and I say it a a little bit nervously, church attendance, you know, keep the Sabbath holy. But they should have come on a Saturday at that point. If they were really doing it, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. They would come. It's got to be between Friday night and Saturday night yeah. <laughs> if you were really doing it. Also, I think even just ritual that believers, maybe they're not following Old Testament laws, but in their quiet time with God, they're really feeling like they need to check the box. And they, if they walk through the day and something goes wrong and they look back and haven't had their devotions that day, they immediately think I'm it's related. Yeah, I'm being punished. Mm-hmm. That God is just, you know, and that's every bit as legalistic as, you know, following definite Old Testament laws because you are gauging your relationship to God by your performance. So I would say in our gospel community, uh, when you look around at, at different things people do, sometimes there's like a group dynamic that comes in. And that's that's kind of the thing with Galatians, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's there's a group dynamic of these false teachers of this is what's going to make you acceptable. And in a lot of gospel communities, there, there is that group peer pressure of this is what it's supposed to look like. So your kids, you know, shouldn't be running around making a whole lot of noise because we're trying to have discussions. And the quieter my kids are, well, the better I feel I'm doing because at least my kids didn't disrupt this. Very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people, uh, and I'm just running to people in my head as I walk around my GC in my in my mind, telling what everybody's problems are. And are you expecting them to guess which one they are? Oh, they know. You're about? They oh. know. Okay. No. <laughs> You'll see some people try to be kind. In a, in a way that maybe something gets difficult, they try and gloss over it real quick so we don't have to really talk about something that's difficult. I do not like silence. I think if something's too silent for too long, maybe I'm not doing something correctly. Mm-hmm. I didn't help people think enough about this correctly because if I did, they would already be talking and have the answer. So I feel the need to jump in and maybe re-explain something. Mm-hmm. There's You see all these different things of, of how this works out because it's not... We're not sitting there thinking about the Old Testament law, right? We're thinking about what laws have now we brought up and right. brought into our community that makes us feel like we are doing better than the person next to us. What mm-hmm. justifies me, essentially. Right. In front of not right. just God, but these people. Yeah. You get others to declare you're righteous. Right. right. <laughs> Which is justification mm-hmm. before men. Mm-hmm. So I know, so we shared stories, right? Storytellers have shared that with you guys. Uh, huge... Um, bent toward performance and achievement mm-hmm. in our group. And, and I think it just runs deep in church culture in general, but I know there is a tendency often towards shame and legalism. And mm-hmm. so I think in our group, we, we talk about that a lot and how it connects to the gospel and how there really is freedom and there is emphasis on grace and conviction really ultimately should lead to joy and mm-hmm. not a place of um, self-deprecation, but really more a, a godly humility, right? Mm-hmm. That understands like our need for Jesus yeah, in my group, there's a lot of, I think I mentioned this before, political 
mm-hmm. strife. And so I think that if we could see all the corruption around us, whether it's there or not, and oh, it's there, it's there, oh, 100%. <laughs> and and pinpoint it and yell about it, then we've done a good somehow. I've fought the good fight. Overlooking the fight really is kingdom focused, not Mm -hmm. America focused. Mm -hmm. And well, that's that's a challenge for me. I think that believers have a tendency to do the same thing. They call out everybody else on virtue signaling Mm -hmm. that sometimes our descriptions of an event are really our goal in, in talking about criticizing those events is not so much to find a remedy against that event, but to show people that we have insight righteous insight into them. And that's, I mean, that's the epitome of virtue signaling, really. Right. Because if, if we could snap our fingers and have this one thing go away, whatever it is in, in culture and society, yet they still don't know Jesus. What, what good did it do that? Let me ask you a question that I asked Michelle last week. Uh, Where's the line, you know, where you, where you, where we understand, okay, Christ has loved me. He has forgiven me. My righteousness is found in him. I don't have to let my sin define who I am. So where's where's the line between that and, yeah, so I'm just not going to worry about it. Okay, I sin, but no big deal. And you just kind of brush it off. Yeah, I think Paul addresses that in Romans 6. I was just where says, <laughs> Really? Yeah. Yes. Because, you know what? Should we sin more so that grace may abound more? If of course. I, if I'm in by, by no grace means. and my sin makes God look even better, why don't I just sin more? And Paul just says, I like to hey, sin. Jesus loves to no. forgive. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah. I always, when I think of that passage, I think of the Batak people and their words for no. They have one word for no that is just da'gua, just like means no. There's one that means no more. Da'a. And then, but then there was, and there were some others, uh, like. We need these words. But anyway, you don't need, yeah. But <laughs> but one of their words for no was igta. And mm. igta, I-G-T-A, glottal stop. And uh, that was one where if I said something to you and it was just so disgusting that for me to hear that, I would go, like no way, no how, not ever. And that is more how I would translate mm. Romans 6 when mm. Paul says, may it never be. That's just way too soft. Yeah. He's mm. just saying, if you still have the question of like, hey, it doesn't really matter what I do. You probably don't. You probably might. You might have understood grace before you understood wrath. Mm. And because grace is unmerited, demerited favor. Mm-hmm. We've, we've done wrong. I, and I hear now a lot of the worship songs are, I am such a worm, but God is so good. He loves me anyway, no matter what I do. And I'm thinking, okay, that's true. But I would not play that card. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because God also calls us to be holy as he is holy. And even though we don't endure condemnation, for our sin anymore. There, he still knows how to discipline us. We, instead of saying, I don't want to do this, we'd probably think more in terms of why would I ever want to bring shame on my Savior who has called me and I claim his name? Yes. How could I ever mm-hmm. dishonor someone who has honored the likes of me yeah. and deals with me with such patience? 
you know, I think that needs to be our motivation is the glory of God and the, the enjoyment of his grace. And if we <clears throat> do stuff that kind of flies in the face of that, or it's, it's pretty ugly. Don't ever do that. The last question in the notes is how can you experience more joy and freedom as a result of being set free from the law? Uh, Maybe in our, in our early experience of grace and freedom, we're mostly glad that we're freed from something, you know, Mm -hmm. the penalty of our sins, the consequences that we could have endured if had we gone on. And we're just so grateful for that as we should be. But I think as we mature, we realize as we read the Bible that we're not just freed from something, we're freed to something. Mm -hmm. Now I have the liberty to walk with God. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to do stuff that in my flesh I would never be able to do. And that switch is one of the marks of maturity when we want to do the right thing rather than we just want to avoid doing the wrong thing, you know. And that's a good grid to kind of assess the people we lead, our family members, to see, you know, which one, what language are they using more than others and try to encourage them to the the wonder and awe of loving God and being able to, to have him. Take us home, Mike. Well, Steve, thanks for uh, filling in for Aaron this Sunday and also being here on this podcast and, and diving a little bit deeper. It's it's neat to hear your perspective and and um, I hope that this is helpful to those who listen to the message. Yeah, I'm hoping so too. Thanks, Steve. It's a privilege to be able to share. Yeah. Very good. Well done. That's all I got to say about that.